I'm back in the studio today with my guest, Jesse Klein. The main part of this episode has a video component. You can find it over on my YouTube channel. The link is in the description. I met Jesse at a cacao ceremony. He's the partner of Sina Schellenberger, my guest from episode two. In that episode, we talked about cacao and ayahuasca. And the day after recording it, I went to a ceremony facilitated by Sina. And after about five minutes of talking with Jesse, we discovered that we had a lot in common. That being that both of us had done an ayahuasca intensive, meaning many ceremonies in a small span of time. And we had kind of a, like a breakdown afterwards or almost like a healing crisis of sorts. Uh, I go into more about that in the episode and exactly what I mean by that, but I invited him to come on my podcast and tell his story and also because I wanted to, to relate it to mine and see what we had in common, but having this unusual experience that very few people have of doing a lot of ayahuasca all at once, and there's there's something that happened to both of us where... Yeah, we got to a really high height and then things kind of fell apart. And I've, I've noticed after talking to many people that this is something that can happen. So I just wanted to put this out there as somewhat of a cautionary tale about ayahuasca. We also talk about the benefits and the profound impact that this plant medicine has had on our lives. But, you know, ayahuasca being a fairly new thing to Western culture, I think... Many times uh, opportunities or medicines like ayahuasca can only have a positive reputation or only have a negative reputation. And I want to offer something more balanced and talk about both sides of the, the benefits and also the risks and the dangers. So that is this episode. Hope you enjoy. coming down jesse appreciate You're welcome. it yeah so you did about a hundred ceremonies in the span of about three years you said yeah yeah something like that two and a half three that's quite a bit that. yeah yeah and uh you said you were doing regular ceremonies maybe about once a week or once every other week yeah there was periods of time where it was more of them in a short period of time yeah um say average maybe one every three weeks okay. over that period yeah three years yeah and what did you know that you wanted to do that much ceremony or did you just start and it just kind of kept going it was uh it was um combination of you know just being really in that lifestyle and really feeling the um incredible 
transformations that were taking place. I was kind of becoming like a transformation junkie mm-hmm. and going to these circles and having my mind blown again and again. Right. And um, feeling the love afterwards, feeling the openness, the connectedness and, you know, just wanting more of that and feeling like, wow, this is the way to live. This is totally this is we're doing it. We're creating the the tribe, the new tribe. And um, yeah, it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Uh, I've, I've been there, too. I mm-hmm. did not not that many ceremonies in that amount of time, but I did about uh, two different periods of 12 ceremonies in about four months. So mm-hmm. about one ceremony per week over the mm-hmm. course of four months. And it does get kind of addictive, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, kind of like yeah. exercise becomes addictive at a certain point. It's, mm-hmm. it, and there's this feeling of it just feels good to be super aligned and, uh, with yourself and being on the medicine and being on the medicine path kind of just elevates me. And I've seen with a lot of other people too, it just, it puts you in a greater state of equilibrium and I feel so much sharper and clearer. And I also feel like a sense of satisfaction from doing hard work because ayahuasca work and plant medicine work in general can be very challenging, like really going in there and confronting yourself, you know, getting in touch with your fears, Mm -hmm. getting in touch with your negative patterns and actively changing it. It's definitely not easy. Uh, A lot of people spend their lives running from that stuff. Right. And so there is a sense of pride in a way, but like a healthy pride or or confidence that can Mm -hmm. come about. Yeah. But so what got what got us first talking about it, because you told me you had done that much ceremony and I asked you, I was like, I'm curious, like after you stopped, because you said after that period of time, you didn't drink ayahuasca for three years and you're still in that period where Mm -hmm. that was about three years ago. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I asked you out of curiosity because of my own experience. Hey, did you happen to feel kind of like a a slow crash after that point, like mm-hmm. a coming down period. And you said, yeah. And I was like, okay, we got to yeah. talk about the, this on the podcast. Cause the same thing happened to me as right. well. So yeah. I want to talk about that first. I want to also, I want to get later into sort of the, like the higher mm-hmm. experiences, but I wanted to talk about this because there's so much benefit from ayahuasca ceremonies, but there's also this other side, which I think people don't realize. And there's a certain, there's a certain way to go about working on yourself in such a deep shamanic way that it's integration basically Mm -hmm. and staying grounded. And there's these kind of pitfalls that sounds like both of us fell into and many neophytes on the path fall into um, because we just, it's so new to our culture. Yeah. And so I really wanted to talk exactly. about the importance of being in balance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, would you just tell us a little bit about what, what was it like to stop doing ceremony and then how did that, how did that unfold for you afterwards? Um, it really came about because I realized that at a certain point I was going and I wasn't 
receiving as much. I was kind of just showing up and the med it was almost like the medicine just said like I've given you enough. Like you're good. You yeah. don't need any more of me right now. Mm-hmm. And I would just go and like try to feel and like go back into that place of like opening and deepening and I mean there it was still what it was, you know, but I just realized like this is just not it's not what I need anymore mm-hmm. at a certain, you know, too much medicine can be poison. Right. Too much of anything is not, you know, and it's like, so yeah, I just listened to that, that voice. It was like, this is not actually medicine for you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time was started to feel all these physical ailments, I guess, you know, feeling really fatigued, um, just like weak, like it took a lot out of me. I was feeling um, like, you know, I started getting some digestion problems, um, just felt like my internal systems were kind of thrown out of whack. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's a not just from the medicine, that was like a combination of like the diet I was eating before for much of my life and possibly picking up some parasites and you know, Australia or Thailand or whatever, and then not um, dealing with that in the proper way, and then jumping right into a bunch of medicine work mm-hmm. that was um, pretty hard on my body. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and ayahuasca is, it does have a body burden associated with it. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's cleansing and healing to the body in some cases, but if you do too much, it can be hard, especially mm-hmm. in the liver yeah and other organ systems as well yeah yeah i had i had some experiences in ceremony so i i had two different uh intensives Mm -hmm. one was four months long in maui in -hmm. 2011 and then the second time was in sedona for uh, about four months as well 12 ceremonies each in 2013 Mm -hmm. and in the middle of both of these intensives, I also started to feel weakness in my body. Yeah. And one of the messages I was getting in ceremony and the experiences was that I didn't have enough like body mass. I felt like I did because, mm-hmm. and like both of us are thin guys. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I felt like I didn't have enough fat on my body mm-hmm. and I didn't have enough muscle on my body. And I mean, not not only is ayahuasca the, itself kind of tough on the body, but um, there's a diet associated with it. Mm-hmm. And you don't eat any food during the day of the ceremony. Some people eat like a, a light breakfast or something like that. But for the most part, you eat very little to no food for the entire day of. And then you do the ceremony at night. And the ceremony lasts several hours into the night. And I was finding myself getting really tired, like midway through the ceremony mm-hmm. yeah. and just having trouble focusing, um, just even having trouble, like fully sitting up straight and be, and feeling strong. Yeah. And, you know, one of the messages that I kept getting was, Hey, like, if you're going to do this, you need to replenish your body between ceremonies. Like you need 
it's helpful to come in with some fat on your body with some muscle particularly muscle <laughs> on my body yeah and i i'm a thin body frame and i just unless i build muscle i yeah. i just have i don't know i'm not like super thin but i just felt like i didn't have enough and yeah. what it was showing me was you know muscle and body mass it's like having battery packs on your body totally. and you get deep into the ceremony yeah. and that that body weight can sustain you to um not i mean to actually be able to continue the work and be more present for mm -hmm. for that experience that it's a, a part of the preparation yeah and i i don't know for whatever reason i just i got the message but i didn't take the action right and um i wasn't withering away or anything but i i didn't feel strong mm -hmm. I didn't feel strong in my body during yeah. that time and i was kind of caught up in the you know exploration of my psyche and um yeah, just going into visionary states and having these really, really profound, beautiful experiences. Right. I was so attracted to that that I wasn't fully listening to the messages that I was getting mm -hmm. about balance. Yeah, mm -hmm. I really resonate with that. Mm -hmm. It's like you're speaking directly to my experience uh -huh. pretty much. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it was very much that. It felt like the, the withering away, the... Yeah getting really tired during the night and the ceremony style that i was going to wasn't where you lay down and it's pitch black it was like there's lights on there's an altar in the middle people are sitting up shaking rattles and singing and like it's very energetic right. and um i would push myself yeah to like sit up and uh, be a warrior and like do right. this and it was like sometimes it was just like fighting my adrenals just like yeah. really like trying to make them work when really what they want to do is just lay down and sleep yep. like that's what they're supposed to be doing at that time of night um so i really resonate with that and also you know for me it was i was um into all this other stuff like physical cleansing um mm -hmm. <laughs> the peak of my i'll call it naivete was when I did a three-day watermelon fast where all I ate for three days was watermelon. Mm -hmm. And then that culminated in that, the end of that uh, going into ceremony that night. Yeah. So three days of watermelon and then straight into ceremony. Yeah. And that was one of the hardest ones totally. that I've been <laughs> in. I mean, I was freezing, like shivering. Yeah. It's not a good idea. No, it was, it was not a good idea. I, I had one of those too. I did a two day coconut water fast mm. in Hawaii and yeah. then, and then straight into ceremony. Yeah. And, um, it was a, it was a powerful ceremony. Mm -hmm. I got like really, really lifted mm -hmm. and really cleansed too. And, you know, it's a little graphic, but whatever. Um, I, I had to go to the bathroom and we were in the jungle and we just like, dug a hole in the ground basically that was our toilet yeah and um i've never in my life seen so much physical matter come out of me it really mm -hmm. it completely emptied me right. and probably all kind it it cleansed me like sure there i didn't i hadn't eaten food in two days right and it wasn't just like the food i had eaten previously mm -hmm. it really like 
fully cleansed my intestinal system, which mm. I feel like was beneficial, yeah. but I was wiped the fuck out I for bet. like two or three days after that. And I had, a, I had a hard time really, I mean, I made it through the ceremony, but I, I, I was just laying there. Like I yeah. couldn't sing. I was like, yeah. And going into it, I thought, oh, this is going to be a really good idea. And <laughs> of I, course. I can't say I didn't yeah. get anything out of it, but right. um, that's just a caveat to anybody yeah. who wants to try that. You know, it it comes at a, a mm-hmm. cost, you know. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I really, really feel at this point in my experience that it's it's important to come in with a lot of bodily strength yeah. like you want to be really well rested mm-hmm. you want to be well fed um you know for like the weeks uh, the days and weeks prior even if you don't eat the day of you want to have a lot of energy because yeah. it takes a lot of energy yeah absolutely i mean if my experience can help anyone like learn from my mistakes you know mm-hmm. i would say um it's it does like you get something out of it, but at what cost? There's yeah. always a cost. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, it's it's not an eternally giving medicine. It'll take something from you too. Yeah. And uh, whether that's you know, toxins from your body or, um, you know, parts of your, like, habitual patterns that you want to release, mm-hmm. or um, you know, enter energetic strength mm-hmm. you know that that you're um or or immune system strength mm-hmm. for me it was that you know i i did it so much and stayed up so many times all night mm-hmm. and then you know two nights in a row sometimes so i'd stay up all night and then the morning would come and my whole um adrenal system would be out of whack so i wouldn't sleep because my body would be pumping adrenaline because the sunlight was coming up which tells you to all right it's a new day give you some cortisol give you some some energy even though i hadn't slept all night and then i'd just go throughout the day and then maybe nap for half an hour and then do it again the next night Mm -hmm. um that really takes its toll yeah and it's easy to you know, not feel like anything's wrong because that day in between, I was so high, right. so connected with people and so like in awe of life and like, wow, this is, I just did so much good work last night, connecting with all my friends. It's so yummy and juicy. Um, but. And that know. energy can kind of fuel you to, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, Absolutely. you're having these peak experiences thing like, yeah, just insights and, you know, things that that maybe you never experienced before or never even dreamed of. Like, mm-hmm. it really can mm-hmm. expand it's you beautiful. and fills you with excitement. And, yeah. And, yeah, I think for many, many people that, that you can ride that wave at the cost of your body and mm-hmm. you can kind mm-hmm. of, like, push, want to push past that to yeah. keep going. Yeah. 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 But, in the the general vibe of the group that I was in, and um, a lot of my friends at the time were really into the ascension style of life, you know. Right. So really, like we're ascending past our body, past our physical ailments, past everything, and we're we're moving up. And right. so that was, you know, part of the cleansing is like getting really light, 
you know, releasing all the physical things in my body and like all the toxins and really, um, you know, getting, yeah. And, uh, it turns out, you know, doing a bunch of juice fasts for my body type isn't necessarily the best way to go. Right. And also doing medicine at, at the same time. Yeah. Um, cause it just, it's not strengthening. Like we're talking about building muscle mass and building more meat on the bones. That's not the way to do it. Right. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's an interesting, like, I don't quite know how to feel about the whole ascension thing. Like I get, I get the, the energetic of it and mm-hmm. the aim of it. And I guess I'll talk about it for people who have no idea what, what this is. I mean, yeah. Um, it's hard to encapsulate, but I would say the idea of ascension is like connecting into the higher parts of the spirit or higher realms. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, from a Western perspective, this is total nonsense because, uh, you know, we've really only discovered the physical world, um, or like, you know, the time space dimension that Einstein talked about it, but mm-hmm. like 4D, the fourth dimension is time. But, you know, um, it's pretty clear to me at this point that other dimensions exist, yeah. that we were connected to them all of the time, whether we realize it or not, that we are multidimensional beings. Mm. Um, and there's... Yeah, it's really apparent on the ayahuasca experience or the DMT experience. Um, Sometimes when people take these substances, they just end up going there and experiencing these realms, whether they expected to or not. Right. But if you really consciously tap into it, you can you can consciously access these realms and go to these places. Mm -hmm. And there are these. amazing higher bliss realms there's also lower dense realms but ascension it seems to be about yeah just lifting your consciousness to be able to tap into Mm -hmm. this this beauty that exists there and it's it's a beauty that's hard to describe like you can use words like oh um you know there's there's truth there like it's it's um it's so it's so hard to describe, but um, I mean, from a sort of more Judeo-Christian view, you would call it like heaven. Yeah, it's like the heavenly realms, and there's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the the entities that are there are angels, angels, and, yeah. and things like that. I think These every are, culture has a different word for it, and they're yeah. all really talking about the same thing: devas yeah. and things like that. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's hard to describe really but yeah these are just labels mm-hmm. um but mm-hmm. i do find that when i go up to those realms when i ascend to those realms in the plant medicine experience um there is very intelligent loving benevolent sentience there and beings and entities that are uh, unfathomably ancient mm. and wise and powerful and uh, you can call upon them you can work with them and I mean what's not attractive about heaven who wouldn't want to go right. up to heaven it's totally attractive during yeah. during the experience and who who wouldn't want to 
kind of like cultivate themselves in that direction, even in their daily life. Right. Yeah. However, I think that, uh, there's something that a lot of people miss, which is kind of, I think what we're touching on that, um, I, I think that since we are physical beings, we have physical bodies, we can't just focus our full energy on like going out of body, going up, ascending out of the body, transcending the body. It doesn't work. Right. It's been tried. (laughs) It's been tried. People are still trying it. Not exactly effective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then you run the risk of what, in my opinion, is very prevalent in our spiritual new age culture is, is bypassing you know, right. a lot of the muck and the, yeah. the gross day-to-day mundane stuff that we have to deal with yeah um, and i experienced that in ceremony a lot where it was uh just trying to get to those realms trying to you know experience that bliss and that oneness without actually going through the portal that truly gets you there which is to me is the body and the shadow and all of the deep subconscious things that we have in ourselves you know like that's in my opinion the way to get there is by digging as deep as possible down right and eventually you'll come up on the other side is the those realms those place or whatever you want to call it but um so that's you know yeah that's been more my focus now instead of trying to access those realms via plant medicine it's more you know there's an endless amount of things to discover within our own selves Mm -hmm. and that's to me is my work now Mm -hmm. not that i won't do these plant medicines again Mm -hmm. um if i do it'll just be more focused on on that yeah not so much trying to commune with my angelic guides right um although i'm i'm not opposed to that either (laughs) yeah but i think (laughs) there's just um a more well-rounded approach that includes the physical body includes physical health yeah and that that's essential i mean you know um it's like uh, an architect wanting to build the tallest building that they can, or mm-hmm. even just a kid building a tower out of Legos. Mm-hmm. You learn pretty quickly that a single stack of Legos, you know, it's only going to get so high before yeah. it falls over. Yeah. And uh, the physical body is the foundation, and right. you can't you can't skip past that. Like you, the stronger a foundation you have in the physical realm. Um, and also in particular the nervous system i find i find that for me the nervous system is what really starts to fray Mm -hmm. and 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 in order to compensate for that fraying it pulls on the adrenals and it it, it pulls on the battery packs of the body right uh your body weight and all of that yeah and um the um the strength you know what you said about how the stronger our bodies are the more we can go to those places i think that's really true and i i see how like we can you know if we go to those places that we've been talking about that we can access through ayahuasca like other realms of consciousness and and i've seen i mean i've been transported to these places where there's all sorts of like energy and things and talking to me in interdimensional languages and i'm 
like have no idea what's going on just like totally out of my element Mm -hmm. like i don't know if you're benevolent if you're trying to eat me right now like what's going you know yeah there's not this um and i I attribute that to not having a solid ground like solid like sense of earth within myself um and i think that's part of we touched on this earlier about how our culture is doing this our western culture is Mm -hmm. doing this intense medicine and it can be really ungrounding totally because we don't have we're not in touch we're not living in nature every day as these original people who who have done this medicine for thousands of years right are living you know that's where it came from the jungle and they're like the most in touch with nature that you can be they're living walking on the earth every single they're guests day guests in their environment not exactly. masters of their environment yeah we're walking in shoes on concrete with our phones yeah. living in these metal houses like not connected with the earth element as much mm-hmm. and so it's no wonder that we take this stuff and then it just launches us out into the stratosphere and we don't have a secure tether to mm-hmm. hold us down to the earth mm-hmm. and that's why i've seen people go up and not come down really yeah like have like a psychotic break yeah uh-huh. and uh basically just really lose it you know yeah this stuff because it's dangerous and unless you're really grounded it can yeah throw you out of whack and totally so I, I think that's important to share too yeah for sure so, yeah and i don't want to like scare people off of it mm-hmm. i mean it is there is a tremendous value tremendous beauty to the experience yeah, absolutely but, yeah, I, I I think it is important to bring the the whole perspective in, mm-hmm. you know. And I should say, you know, it's also really important the person who's serving it because they're kind yeah. of responsible for bringing everyone back down. Right. And if they're not holding the container in such a way that that happens, then it's possible to be left somewhere in between sometimes. Totally. Not, I mean, you'll all obviously come back eventually. Like that person that that happened to, it took a few days but she came back into her body eventually yeah um so it you know i i don't want to scare anyone either yeah i just want to say that it's not something to take lightly yeah you know? for sure it's a very very powerful substance yeah yeah and uh one thing i can mention for people in that kind of situation who are super ungrounded or who are super open energetically mm-hmm. to from the medicine um, if you need to come back down, you can eat salt, mm. uh, or eat, mm-hmm. eat foods, you know, like put, have a vegetable bowl or something like that and mm-hmm. put salt in it. And salt actually grounds your energy body back, mm. back down. And it kind of like closes up your field. Mm. And when you go to the jungle and do like extensive plant diets, the, the diet's very specific. They have you not eat salt. Right. Yeah. not eat oil and different different things the reason yeah. that you don't eat salt when you're before you do medicine is so that you can expand mm-hmm. um but you can also use it as a tool like if you're you know if you're in the jungles of maui and you're super open and you need to go to the other side of the island or go back to the mainland right. get on a plane or something like that be around people you can eat salt to kind of close up your field yeah, that's a good tip. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay. Also, just, you know, standing on the earth barefoot always yeah. is a good trick, too. Yeah. Laying on the earth, 
just where your body's in contact with the negative ions, just, you know, getting the, the force field, take off your shoes. Exercise just, too. Exercise is good. Yeah. yeah. Deep breathing, yeah. get the blood going. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what has been your process after the medicine work within the last three years of, you know, going, so you say you're like going b back towards the body mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. more into like the shadow work instead of like bypassing it. What yeah. does that look like? Um, I've found that certain types of work that I've, that I've found have been equally as potent and deep as, um, medicine work um, some I found you know this men's work that I've done uh, I don't know if you've heard of the mankind project I've heard of it it's but like a tell, yeah. ritual initiation for men because the whole concept is like our culture doesn't have that mm -hmm. and every other indigenous culture of this earth you know there's always some sort of initiation for both men and women mm -hmm. in our culture there's none of that the initiation is you're 18 now you can smoke cigarettes or you're 21 now you can drink or yeah you know so um that's been super powerful um some some tantra work that i've done and um a lot of just a lot of work on my health it's been a really a big journey i've spent probably hundreds of hours just self-educating myself on um health i'm kind of like a supplement connoisseur mm -hmm. so i'll get the the new supplements and um right now i'm really undergoing a pretty intense heavy metal detox regimen oh yeah i remember you mentioned that before yeah. i wanted to ask you about that yeah so what does that involve like how did you how, did you get some tests to I discover have, yeah. that you I've gotten tests and uh and it said that I've, you know, trace amounts of heavy metals. And uh, this is over the course of years, you know, I've been working on this. But, and I've, I've, you know, taken zeolite over the years and whatever. and But never really gone into it as deep as I am now. I'm doing a full um, holistic approach kind of thing where I'm hitting it from every single different angle mm -hmm. that I can. Um, so that involves, you know, and, and also parasite cleanse and yeast cleanse and, just full body detox. It's been really intense, mm -hmm. um, but that involves taking binders, um, you know, things that latch on to heavy metals and pull them out of the body. Mm -hmm. Is um, that what zeolites do? Yeah. Okay. Zeolite is a clay that does that. Mm -hmm. um, I have another clay that does that. There's this stuff called microsilica mm -hmm. that is very expensive, but it's small amount really goes a long way. Mm -hmm. um, cilantro is great. I make a right. smoothie every morning with cilantro in it and dual seaweed mm -hmm. and spirulina. Those are all really good. Um, and then a few other binders like, you know, activated charcoal as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also suppositories have been mm -hmm. really effective. Um, different, different suppositories that detox and do all sorts of things. Um, <laughs> it's like, I I kind of feel like I found the fountain of youth with this stuff. It really, it's... You feel more energy. Yeah, and clear. Like, I feel less, like there's less things obstructing my energy pathways or something that's really allowing more clarity of thought. And I know that metals play a huge role in, in 
creating all sorts of issues with mental clarity and interesting fatigue and all that stuff. So, wow, that's interesting. I, yeah, I've long struggled with like fatigue and mental clarity and things like that. Like I pretty much constantly have some, some layer of mental fog Mm -hmm. that I've just learned to push through Mm -hmm. a, a little bit and actually feel like, um, I've been rebuilding my adrenals for a long time, not only from medicine work, but Mm -hmm. also just from like pushing through fatigue to a certain level where like, I just want to rest all the time, but I gotta, I I don't feel good just resting all the time. I gotta get shit going. Yeah. So the feeling, maybe I should get some heavy metal tests and see what's going on. I'm planning on, uh, doing a lot of writing about my experience and even creating a website that Mm -hmm. is just a, resource a one-stop shop kind of thing where it's just a resource for all of this stuff that i'm undergoing and i'm kind of my own guinea pig on yeah um so i don't know when that'll happen but that'll be there at some point okay and yeah i know that feeling around the fatigue i i uh have been battling that as well since starting the ayahuasca work i think it's just been this long process and um it's getting better but mm-hmm. for a while it's it's pretty bad and i i even it's like this almost this entity that like it starts coming on and i'm like oh there you are mm-hmm. i know you like mm. that thing that just makes me like want to drop and lay down and not do yeah. anything yeah 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 so i feel that too i've seen i i i don't know if it's an entity in me i wasn't necessarily mm-hmm having that label, but I saw the energy of it in my body right. during uh, ceremony. Actually, I mm. could see like I was looking into my body and I could see all of my energy lines. And then there was this like, it there's like orange, hmm. reddish, orange, sluggish energy running through like my, my meridians. And it was like parasitic. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Uh, and what I, what I got at the time was that it was stress. Mm. It was like stress and anxiety and mental activity. Yeah. Um, but, right. but who knows? I mean, yeah. 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 And I didn't mean it in the sense of like a no, external entity that like came in me, but more of like something that I, it's, I'm so familiar with that uh-huh. I can almost like see it and like make friends with it almost. And like, Oh yeah. It's you like are. a personality or <laughs> yeah. it's like it, it appears. Yeah. 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 I got um, that. Yeah. So, but like I said, you know, the, this process of, of pulling out all this old, old toxins and heavy metals, especially, I think are mm-hmm. so gnarly. Um, I've been feeling a, a strong difference. And mm-hmm. I just really recommend everyone undergo some form of that because it's so necessary just living in the 21st century you know, yeah just being in the world we live in it's just right. inevitable that we are exposed to these things right yeah um i know you can get mercury from the environment but especially from fish mm-hmm. and mercury accumulates in the body and the body does not necessarily do a good job of eliminating right metals um copper toxicity is another one mm-hmm. um aluminum like a lot of yeah. just regular um non-natural natural 
uh, deodorant products have mm-hmm. aluminum in them. And yeah. a lot of our products have bullshit in them. That, Lots of bullshit. And not just metals too, but plastics. I mean, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of stuff that gets into yeah. us and, and over years can make us feel sluggish. And yeah. it's, it's confusing because, I mean... I don't, I, I still have not discovered the source of my fatigue, but I just feel mm-hmm. like I'm way more sluggish than I should be. And I kind of have to, it's like time for me to undergo this journey and figure mm-hmm. out, but it's tough because I mean, I went to a doctor, which I was like, I'm pretty sure I know what's going to come out of this. Mm-hmm. And I just went oh, to like a West, an allopathic, oh, yeah, an allopathic Western doctor. And you know, you tell me you have fatigue and it's, I mean, fatigue could be anything. Yeah. And there he was actually better than yeah. a lot of other doctors. Like up here in Sonoma County, people are just a little more awake, even like even just your your regular folks. Yeah, uh, you know he he's on to like meditation as a healthy thing, and he had, he had a lot. Of, uh, he surprised me. With, yeah, but you know I I asked him about heavy metals. I mean he doesn't he didn't know about a lot of other kind of more alternative things. Right alternative but valid i think yeah yeah cause at least worth researching and looking into right i mean my my main thing this is why i don't go to see allopathic doctors because they're not going to try to treat the root cause of your ailments mm-hmm. that then they're, they're not trained for that the system that they participate in is not that's not what they're for i mean if you have a broken arm or something serious that you know western science has discovered a cure for that's great but in terms of like say like adrenal fatigue or you know digestive problems they're not necessarily gonna like hit it from all the different angles and and give you different self-care protocols and supplements to take you know natural supplements to take or even look at diet necessarily right so yeah the fact that they are not i mean they're getting it more now Mm -hmm. but very recently are they starting to pay attention to nutrition, which yeah. is so absurd that nutrition <laughs> has not been a part of Western medicine. Completely absurd. And it still really is not a part yeah. of it, but they're just on the yeah. very leading edge of figuring, you know, starting starting to realize yeah. the connection between what you eat and your health. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's <laughs> astounding. Really, truly. It's like, you know, I was actually reading... Uh, an article today about um you know i think it was the american acne society something about acne because i was looking at at facial um things and um this you know they they mentioned in the scientific study they're like studies have not yet proven that nutrition is related to acne wow and um to me that's just so obvious for sure it's so obvious you know it's inflammation that, and it, it starts in the gut yeah and that's you know the gut is so crucial to so many totally. other parts of the body um also serotonin i mean 90 percent of serotonin is created in the gut mm-hmm. so it's like so crucial to have a healthy belly yeah um, anyways that's yeah. another thing that we're just starting to get switched on to is uh healthy gut flora mm-hmm. and probiotics mm-hmm. and yeah just having a healthy balance there yeah about the acne thing though um i had a friend in high school who 
had really bad acne as did a lot of people mm-hmm. and she was on Accutane which is like very very harsh chemical like it like antibiotic su- um I don't believe it's okay. antibiotic but yeah. it's um it's a very harsh chemical treatment for acne mm-hmm. and it like dries out your skin it makes your skin flake off it and it's it's a uh, it's wow. I think it gets rid of your acne but right. at a severe cost to the rest of your body it's yeah. and it's people go on Accutane after trying other stuff that doesn't mm-hmm. quite work. But I remember she just had really bad acne and was on this medication and she was eating like really oily food. Mm. I remember. And I, I just saw the connection. I was like, I mean, she's and her face was oily. Like there was just so much oil coming out of her face. And, and then, right. yeah. And I was just like, um, like she, Maybe, maybe like eating all that oily food is, could that be maybe. contributing to your skin problems? I didn't know for sure, but it right. just, I, it just the, the question struck me. Yeah. And she was like, she, she dismissed it. She was like, no, no, no. Like it doesn't matter what I eat is genetic. And that's right. probably what the doctor told her. Like, yeah. And I think that still is, I mean, this was like, I don't know, 20 years ago or a little yeah. less, but it seems like that's still the way they think about it. That mm-hmm. it's there's this genetic component. This is just how you are, and there's nothing you can do about it. it. Doesn't matter what you eat. Yeah. But yeah, she was just dumping oil in her body, and her skin was just like trying to get it get out. Rid of it. Yeah. And it couldn't. It couldn't do it fast enough. Her pores were clogging up, and it was yeah. causing all this. And then yeah, and she's on all these chemicals to boot. I was like, okay. All yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's really tragic actually that that that's not just common knowledge that, you know, diet is so related to health. Yeah. And, and to me cuz I'm so, you know, my peers and my community is so into that already, but when I think about other parts of the country or the world, um I remember like that's a big thing still that it's not uh people just don't make that connection right yes or they think in terms of calories not in terms of nutrition you right. know, how many calories am i taking in all right as long yeah. as i eat only one donut today that's <laughs> this many calories and i can't exceed that amount but you're not thinking about all the crap that's in that donut that's right. going to go into your liver and get lodged and and sugar yeah like and sugar, sugar is like one of the most per- pernicious destructive things yeah. that people consume that They've uh, they've done studies that it's it's actually as addicting or more addictive than cocaine. Right. Yeah. And I've had I wouldn't say I've had a serious sugar addiction, but I had a, it gets in your head. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I had times where I was just like I could feel that craving, that sugar craving. Yeah. And it's hard to kick. Yeah. Like I kicked it now, thankfully. I don't mm-hmm. eat. And I just I just stay away from it completely. Mm-hmm. Besides fruit, I'm fine to eat fruit. Yeah. I don't overeat it, but. Um, I never buy anything. Yeah. And even if I'm at the store, I'm like, oh, like those favorite cookies that totally. I see. Oh, yeah, they're on sale. I should get a pack. I'm like, fuck no. Yeah. Just don't. Just you know. Yeah. And then when I'm at home and I feel craving, like there's no sugar in my house for me to eat in that moment. Z- mm-hmm. Zero. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on a really big journey with sugar addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, for all my life i mean i was known for having a sweet tooth when i was a kid and like mm-hmm. eating all sorts of candy i used to like hoard those hot chocolate packets and like 
eat them just the powder without mm-hmm. pouring anyways yeah yeah but full uh, of aspartame and all of that oh yeah i'm sure yeah <laughs> but uh yeah i finally got to a point where i was eating zero sugar completely it was when i was doing this parasite cleanse and it was like right. no sugar not even fruit yeah and that was really tough yeah um, but i did it for months and then um got turned on to this other guy called the medical medium i don't know if you've heard of him no um but he he's an interesting character um definitely you know i I take everything he says with a grain of salt but he's really helped me Mm -hmm. and he says fruit is the life-giving force of nature that Mm -hmm. is just loaded with you know antioxidants and nutrients that are so good for us and we should be eating fruit right so i started eating it again and it actually made me feel incredible right and then i went a little too heavy on it started Uh eating too much fruit so now I'm actually just moderating it and and finding this place of balance. Yeah. It seems to be going pretty good. Yeah. My friend Lauren, who I did episode one with, she was talking about fruit and how mm-hmm. she's, yeah, just, I don't know, but within a recent span of time, been getting into how nutrient-dense fruit is and how good it is for mm-hmm. you, as long as you don't overdo it. Right. But uh, she gave me some wild blueberries yeah which are like much smaller mm-hmm. um but super super flavorful and super nutrient dense yeah and yeah she was on the superfood kick like a- acai she made yeah. me a a smoothie that was like killer out nice. of this world with just fruit and um little almond milk and not not that much other stuff but it yeah. was like i felt good it's just because you know, that's the form of sugar that our body knows how to use. Mm-hmm. Gl- exactly. Glucose, right? Instead yeah. of fructose. Yeah. Well, yeah. it gets turned into glucose. Oh, okay. Um, I every, don't know that much about it, Everything gets turned into glucose mm-hmm. eventually because all, all the food we eat gets turned into sugar. Mm-hmm. It's just how fast mm-hmm. does it get turned into sugar? Or if it's already in that form, then it's just going to shock the bloodstream. Right. But if it takes longer, then it, you know your liver releases the amount of sugar that you need to give you enough energy, but it's not going to like shock your bloodstream with a bunch right at once, which gives you that super high, but then you crash. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. But fruit basically is designed because it's attached to fiber. So it doesn't get released all at once. Right. Um, So it's more of a sustained thing, but it's funny you mentioned wild blueberries because this guy, medical medium, he's that's like his, number one hmm. fruit i would say he's all about them he says they're really great at detoxifying heavy metals okay especially from the brain the pull, they they help pull out neurotoxins from the brain and hmm. all sorts get of good some. things yeah, yeah. I, I take them pretty much every day in a heavy metal detox smoothie that i make with cilantro and dulce and spirulina and banana she had frozen ones do you, do you just yeah. go to the i just they're yeah, just, just in the store frozen. okay yeah cool I'll go get some. Yeah. Now, what about meat? Do you eat meat? You know, I do. Um, You sound guilty. Don't feel guilty. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm not guilty. Okay. (laughs) Um, If I was eating factory farmed, like whatever that horrible corporation is. um, Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's always local, totally organic. Um, So when there's... That's important with meat. Yeah. So when there's only, you know, non-organic meat available, I just don't mm-hmm. it's like i don't even consider it food at that point well yeah i don't it's like that's it's not toxic edible. i mean it's exactly co- it's, yeah it's 
Yeah, it's like that's like eating a a piece of rubber or something. You know, it's I'll eating just an like animal that has concentrated it, toxins exactly into its body, just sitting there yeah. like lazy and fat and just yeah. super unhealthy, and yeah. then you eat that. Just, and also just in suffering in like the worst conditions possible, and yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't want to ingest that either mm-hmm. in, if we're talking energetically. Right. Um, so yeah, it's pretty occasional. I'd say average like once a week, mm-hmm. sometimes once every two weeks. Mm-hmm. I just find that, um, actually with all this cleansing that I've been doing, I've been less drawn to meat. Mm-hmm. Um, so not like it's, you know, that's a good or bad thing. I just find that I'm less like, yeah. less like, Hmm, I really want some less meat right inclined now. towards it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, you know, like the other day I did have some meat and, uh, I had some lamb and I felt really good after I was like, Whoa, mm-hmm. okay. I guess my body wanted that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I'm not like entirely against it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I found that definitely during my time of doing medicine work and, yoga meditation and kind of really directing myself in that ascended type path. Mm -hmm. I was never going for ascension necessarily, but like definitely reaching for the realms of higher consciousness, expanded consciousness, things like that. Um, I would, I was eating very little meat or no meat, Mm -hmm. but I've been in a period of time since stopping medicine work or, I didn't really stop doing medicine work. I just didn't go back. I didn't feel the need and I haven't, I haven't drank ayahuasca for three years. Yeah. I feel like I probably will. Yeah, me too. You know, I don't know when, but, Mm -hmm. um, I've just been waiting for the time where it feels right and it hasn't Mm -hmm. come in the last three years. But in that, in this time I've been also kind of a similar thing, just, living mostly sober, um, mm-hmm. not even really drinking. I don't smoke pot or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, yeah, getting into health, getting into my body, putting more body weight on mm-hmm. and eating meat. Yeah. And for me, I know a lot of people have moral objections to meat and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And, you know, I agree with that on the factory farm mm-hmm. level. Yeah. I wish that I had access to, wild meat or wild game i would love to eat some you know venison or elk or something like that um and try that out i've never actually had any i've had jerky and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but i'd love to have some fresh steaks but yeah i find that organic grass-fed beef and bison Mm -hmm. feels super good it's like because i i feel like i've been recovering I, Mm -hmm. i had you know, moderate adrenal fatigue and just general fatigue. Yeah. And from getting exercise and working out and eating meat, eating mm-hmm. eggs, eating plenty of greens and vegetables, mm-hmm. I really feel like not only do I feel physically healthier, but I also feel more mentally stable, mm-hmm. like less less swayed by emotions. Like, yeah. And my emotional peaks and valleys are are stabilized or leveled out. Mm -hmm. And I mean, a lot of people are having a really hard time due to the current political state and all the news that comes out, like really throws people off and really, 
you know, because people are very empathic and I fully understand that. Uh, and I don't like what's going on either, but mm-hmm. I've been finding that I'm way less affected by the external world. I'm way less affected mm-hmm. by even just other people, other people freaking the fuck yeah. out. doesn't make yeah. me nervous. That's like great. I've, I'm kind of finding my own stability yeah. through physical health and yeah, it's, it is great because for some reason I just was not initially inclined in that direction. Mm-hmm. I was inclined to open my third eye and go right. super psychedelic evil Knievel and see how far <laughs> I could go <laughs> yeah. before getting smacked, you know? Right. But I think we all eventually get smacked when we go in that direction um, yeah. because it's unsustainable. Yeah, I mean, what goes up must come down, right? Yeah. According to the laws of gravity, which we are, you know, living on this planet, so we have to obey its laws. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, it sounds like we're on the same path. I'm really mm-hmm. happy you found that and mm-hmm. are feeling that uh, more, sounds like more energetically sturdy and protected and psychically protected. Totally. Um, yeah. I actually found recently, I saw this Ayurvedic practitioner and she she gave me a really good tip and I've known about this practice of Abhyanga which mm. is uh, covering your whole body in oil and rubbing rubbing mm. your whole body in tons of oil just lathering it on and what kind of oil I use sesame because um, mm. I run more cold and sesame is warming mm-hmm. um, but you can use coconut if you're really hot you know coconut is cooling mm-hmm. it just depends on your body type mm-hmm um, I like sesame and all in my hair too and all over and it's um, been really great she she said that you know she was kind of reading me and she was like so you're kind of energetically open aren't you and I was like yeah I'm very I feel very like exposed to the mm-hmm. world and to people's emotions and she's she said that this practice would really help with that um, and I've been doing it and it I really feel that it has that I just feel more enclosed in my Mm -hmm. own body Mm -hmm. and less like totally open and and vulnerable to the whims of people's energetic and emotional selves Mm -hmm. because everyone's projecting whether you know we're aware of it or not i feel like that's a big thing that happens is just people come up and start projecting on you yeah like um and so i this has been really great in that kind of psychic defense yeah and yeah so um that's kind of my my story around that so is it so is it only the oil part or is there like a practice uh involved as well well it's um it's great for circulation so i'm doing it for um you know as part of my self-care while i'm going through this cleansing protocol Mm -hmm. i have a gua sha which is a wooden piece of wood that you rub on your skin and it opens up the it gets the circulation flowing it gets your lymphs moving Mm -hmm. which is the what uh draws you know toxins out of the body essentially and brings them to where they need to go to get released Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's it's um for that it's for circulation it's for she said it would help me gain weight, which is great. Put on more body mass. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I add grapefruit essential oil mm-hmm. 
to the oil and that helped. That's also very cleansing. So that helps move things. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's kind of for that purpose. Have you, so I don't know how long you've been doing it, but have you been noticing your body weight going up? Um, minuscule amounts. Mm -hmm. It's been only about a week or a week and a half that I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, and I also feel like with this intense cleansing that I am doing, um, you know, as much as I'm gaining weight, I'm releasing a lot as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm not necessarily trying to gain a bunch of weight right now as I'm undergoing this process. Um, I feel like what is happening is that I'm releasing a lot of toxins that have been lodged in me for years, even decades. Mm -hmm. And they've been actually in along with uh, parasitical yeast overgrowth in my digestive tract that actually inhibit nutrient absorption. Right. So by clearing this stuff out and really just, you know, clearing it out and then repopulating my microbiome with probiotics and good organisms, it's going to allow for more nutrient absorption so that the food I'm eating actually does get absorbed and does uh, give me energy and, uh, you know, will give me extra weight as well eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and is exercise a part of your regimen? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I keep it pretty light right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to put my body into a fight or flight response cause mm-hmm. then it directs energy away from, you know, healing and cleansing and puts it towards, Oh, Oh shit. I'm being chased by a saber toothed tiger, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just run. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not trying to do that kind of exercise. Uh-huh. Um, not super strenuous. Yeah, yeah. I have a rebounder, which is really good for lo- uh, moving the lymphs as which well. Which is kind of like a trampoline, right? Yeah, it's or... a mini mini trampoline. Okay, yeah. You just bounce on it. Mm-hmm. And something about the bouncing effect really gets the blood flowing and um, is great for detoxifying. Mm-hmm. And long walks, maybe a jog, yoga. Mm-hmm. Try to do yoga every day and... Mm-hmm. Um, that that's enough for me. I've been doing a, a plank, like a fifty seconds of plank every mm-hmm. day. It's one of my goals is to just yeah do that just to get the core strength going and right yeah. Something I've been doing for the first time in my life is weightlifting, really? which I've never really. I mean, you know, like a couple. I've had like dumbbells that I'll just mm-hmm. bicep curl every now and then or something like that. Yeah. But really, kind of like. Cause I'm trying to put, I'm trying to put muscle onto my right. body. I feel like I will go back to an ayahuasca ceremony, mm-hmm. um, probably within the next year, who knows, but yeah. I feel like I can feel that energy coming back in and, and I've done so much work on myself in the last three years to integrate all, all of the lessons that stacked up, you know, from yeah. all of those ceremonies, all the things that I learned, but did it, but wasn't applying cause I was so caught up in the energy of it or whatever. Yeah. That's been what I've been doing the last three years. And yeah, this whole process of um, building my physical health is part of it. But, Mm -hmm. but like really consciously trying to put muscle onto my body. Yeah. And, um, I've been really surprised at the result. I, I made a post on my, um, Facebook and Instagram about a couple of weeks ago, but not only have I had a better physical result, I feel like it's 
it's opening up my tissues kind of like a gua sha does mm. where it like it because your tissues get like stacked on top of each other especially if you're not moving and the yeah. gua sha kind of like breaks up those layers and right. lets flow in there and i've been finding that weightlifting is doing that too by just you know making those muscles flex it's like i'm getting better blood flow and better mm. lymph and i yeah, I just feel like my tissues are more. I should do the gua sha as well. Actually, I have one, but I just mm-hmm. haven't. It's. I usually go in the sauna, but yeah. it's summer, so it's too right. hot. Yeah. But I usually do that in the winter and fall. Nice. Um, but I've been noticing also increased mental clarity too, mm-hmm. just from doing that. And I feel awesome. like. Um. I feel like uh, it, I, I'm detoxing from. It's, it's sort of an un, unexpected result, mm-hmm. I think. And I think people really, especially men, I think a lot of men undervalue the um, what weightlifting can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wrote on my post that I, I never was really into weightlifting. I didn't, I felt fine in my body. I felt strong enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to do it for just, I wasn't interested in investing all that time and energy just for like aesthetic purposes, just right. to like be this like muscular bro or whatever, <laughs> you know, it's like, I know that one. <laughs> yeah. There's a few yeah. of those guys out there, right? Oh yeah. No. <laughs> that was my resistance too. It's like, what am I, what's my intention in doing yeah. this is just to like have some muscle. Just or... so for vanity purposes. Right, exactly. Um, so I just never really. I just never really did it my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And I, so I never had the experience. I never actually really understood the value of it for myself. Mm-hmm. Be, and sure there is an aesthetic value to it. Obviously that's why a lot of people do it, but there's a tremendous health value that yeah. I think a lot of people really overlook. Hmm. So you're making me rethink, uh, yeah. Weightlifting right now. Yeah. <laughs> And yep. it's, it's fun too. It's actually fun yeah. to, you know, see progress, not only to witness the progress on your body, but, um, to f- feel stronger, you know, mm-hmm. to feel healthier and just, you know, week after week after week, track your progress. Like, wow, I'm actually, I can like, what was initially hard, I can now lift easily. And, right. then, and then just, and it's probably a topic for another time about, um, and I, I know I'm learning like I, um, but it's important to do it slowly. I'm, yeah. I'm very like a gung ho person right. when I get into something, I'm just go full go bore. H. Yeah. <laughs> and, but yeah. I've, I've learned my lesson, I think through going gung ho into ayahuasca, mm. I've learned that, you know, there's no shortcuts for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really the best way to go about things is to build a foundation. So yeah. I've been starting slowly and for anyone who wants to get into it, I recommend the same because nice. you can hurt yourself, especially if you're, yeah. you know, if your body is like super tight from not working out, not stretching and you just go into the gym and try and lift, then yeah, you can hurt yourself. But, yeah. but it is, nice. it's, it's worth getting into, I think. So. Yeah. I, uh, as you know, I'm moving to Nevada city uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow. Right. <laughs> and, uh, if you weren't, I would say, let's go, let's go work out. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, but I've been thinking about taking up like some, some sort of martial art um, mm. as a way to get in shape, mm-hmm. you know, bring some discipline into my life. And mm-hmm. it sent me on this whole rabbit hole of like, uh, 
like so there's a kung fu studio up there so i've been thinking about that one Mm -hmm. as opposed to like karate or aikido or mma or kickboxing or Mm -hmm. uh, muay thai Mm jujitsu and uh so it sent me on this whole youtube spree of like uh you know what's the best martial art or like what's the most effective (laughs) and um i said so what it led me to is this whole like movement of people who are like against the traditional forms and they're basically like you know muay thai and kick i guess muay thai is very traditional but um they're saying like uh jujitsu especially and mma and stuff like that and wrestling and Mm -hmm. western boxing and stuff like that will defeat like the traditional forms of kung fu and karate and aikido and yeah um it does in in practice it seems yeah it seems like they're just more effective because the other forms don't really do as much grappling as as like jujitsu right you know so if a jujitsu fighter will get a you know kung fu person on the ground on the mat then they're dead they're they're done yeah totally um in theory, although Kung Fu does utilize uh, like eye jabs and stuff that wouldn't be in practice in a contest right. format, but in a real life situation, you don't know what would win, I guess, because... Well, yeah, in a real life situation, anything goes. You're going to... And kick him in the nuts exactly, and do whatever you want. Exactly. Yeah. But the rules, like the way it's laid out, from what I've gathered, is that jujitsu is like... if If I'm really looking for something like in terms of that's going to save my life yeah. and self-defense and like, you know, learning MMA or jujitsu or something like that would be the way to go. But I'm, I'm actually leaning towards just doing Kung Fu anyways, or something like that, because I'm more just, uh, right. Resonate with the Taoist philosophies and mm-hmm. the, you know, principles of meditation that they, they talk about. And so, energy energy like i feel like they're more teaching about chi and bioenergetics and stuff Mm -hmm. as opposed to the western styles which is just about competition and how to take down your opponent the quickest right totally yeah i don't know how we got on this topic but (laughs) that's fine (laughs) yeah I, i guess it depends on it depends on you know what you're going for like if you want to if you know your goal is to be the best fighter or mm-hmm. to defend yourself yeah. or whatever, then yeah, you probably would want to go with jujitsu or right. Muay Thai or something. And, and all of the MMA guys who fight for a living at the highest, highest levels. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point it's like in, in the beginning of the UFC and all of that, it was yeah. just kind of a, like, let's throw all these styles together and right. see what happens. Um, and jujitsu has kind of, jujitsu especially has emerged as a superior form yeah at least for grappling and then for striking yeah muay thai american boxing like you said kickboxing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. even karate yeah just to a degree um but i'm personally i'm i mean i haven't been in a fight since high school uh Mm -hmm. don't anticipate getting in a fight there's been many situations where i could have been in a fight, but mm-hmm. I avoided it. Yeah, it's not really that hard, I think, to avoid a fight unless mm-hmm. just some insane person charges you on like PCP or something like that. Right. But what are the chances? And you can still yeah. run away. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you never really know. You never really know. Any, anything but... could happen. But I'm going more against like 
I'm going to do this for my personal development. Totally. And not do this for like the off chance that I might get attacked someday. Of course. Although it'll help in that situation too, obviously, because there's still a lot of great things about Kung Fu. Right. It's not like it's just this, you know, it's super, it can be effective. I I believe it it definitely can Mm -hmm. um, against maybe an average person, not someone who's trained in jujitsu, but someone who's just like trying to pick a fight with you, you know, it would help to know to have that discipline. Yeah, and I was going to say that martial arts in general do teach discipline and teach you, I think, well, first off, it's difficult. I think doing anything that's challenging, difficult, and expanding your skills, it's just, it is good for personal development. You develop confidence, um, yeah, whatever it is, if if you're challenging yourself Mm -hmm. and you're making progress and succeeding, that's going to, it's going to feel good, right? whether it's Aikido or Jiu-Jitsu or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely that benefit. But yeah. I'm more drawn to kind of like you are more of the sort of, um, I don't know what to call them, but there's a spirituality, you exactly. know. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm drawn to Aikido. I don't know that I'm so drawn that I'm going to go study it, mm-hmm. but if I were to study martial art, that's the one I would go because yeah. I, I like the philosophy of it. And right. it is effective, may, maybe not against a trained fighter, but right. um, I like the philosophy of using, of like being being still or being stable and using the opponent's energy against them. Mm-hmm. So they come at you and then you orient yourself and angle yourself and uh, leverage yourself to use their energy against them and throw them. Yeah, and then there's like different um, grapples and holds and ways that you can right lock lock them down and twist their shit the wrong way. Right, and ultimately it's all about de-escalation. Exactly, and just stopping the fight. It's a defensive before art. it begins, ideally. Yeah, you know, that's... and if I were to get in a fight, uh, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't want to hurt the person to be honest. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, like oh, this is my chance to smash somebody in the face. Like right. I would rather just, you know, do what I have to do to end the conflict right. and get get away. I'm a pretty nonviolent person, you know. Yeah. And if somebody else has got their bullshit that they're trying to take out on me, I'm just gonna do my best to get get out of that path. You mm-hmm. know, I don't mm-hmm. want to punish them, right? Because you know they've got whatever they've got going on. Yeah, and you know they're they're choosing to direct it at me instead of taking care of it within themselves. And I'm not trying to knock that person out. Right. Just do what you need to do to stay safe and move on. Yeah. Unless that person's like trying to kill me, then you do what you have to do in the moment. Yeah. But yeah, ideally don't want to hurt anybody. Right. That's just me. (laughs) Right there with you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I know that you got to get going because you're moving tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to honor the, your uh, time frame. Cool. Is there anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap up? Well, we covered a lot. We did. Yeah, we did. Well, if maybe you could, is there anything that you want to add? Or well, I want to ask you. So, like, from all of, let's say there's somebody who's never drank ayahuasca mm-hmm. and they're and they're drawn to the benefits, but kind of 
nervous about because there's so many there's so many things you hear from the highest high stories to scare stories and yeah. it can be a little bit daunting to to kind of enter into this community and into this experience yeah. so you know looking back on it all with all the profound benefits that you've received and the the learn the lessons that you've learned from mm -hmm. you know uh making mistakes and we've all made mistakes because this is such a new path to the Western world. Like yeah. what's something that you might offer to the brand new person who's just, you know, going in completely blind. I would say, um, look at it, look at ayahuasca as the keys to a vehicle and who's driving that vehicle is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of the, the facilitator. facilitator. Sure. Yeah. There's right now we're seeing, an enormous amount of people. Uh, this is one of the whole things that I'm really not happy with the whole ayahuasca culture right now is that, I mean, people go to South America, they'll drink maybe five or six times and they'll come back and they'll start leading ceremonies and charging 200 bucks per pop and um, maybe like, you know, serve the medicine and then put their iPod on with some really yeah. trippy music and that's it. Horrible. And that's, you definitely don't want to, I mean, Hey, you might go to one of those types of ceremonies and have a amazing experience. But to me, this is such a potent medicine with such a long lineage of people who have been doing it for, for thousands of years. And they have a lot to offer in terms of their teachings and in terms of, how they work with the medicine to help you open and, and receive it and heal from it with mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would say, yeah, it's just be really, really discriminating about who you yeah. sit with. For and, sure. You know, cause it's important. there's plenty of people out there who just may not have the experience needed to really facilitate deep transformational growth and it. i have to say most of the bad experiences i've heard have been in circles like that exactly you know because yeah. not only does that person not have training and not know how to help guide people through difficult experiences mm -hmm. they may not also really be in touch with how strong the medicine is what plants are in the medicine mm -hmm. how much to serve people things like that yeah so I agree with you, uh, and it's hard to know who is properly trained, but mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. you want somebody who has undergone a formal apprenticeship yeah. from a very experienced teacher and probably yeah. has, I mean, traditionally, and it's different for different tribes, but um, as far as I understand it, traditionally, people do a, there's a long apprenticeship process, like... Yeah many years like seven years 10 yeah. years 15 years or whatever it is um at least a few years mm -hmm. of full-time immersion full-time study it's not an easy thing i i think it's probably one of the most difficult paths to actually walk and to to be a uh an ayahuasquero yeah. is one of the most difficult things and you cannot go drink ayahuasca three to five times and come back and no way no way just, that's still kindergarten level yeah um, so if you are, if you can find yourself 
to yeah. an experienced facilitator, that's best. And also, I would say don't drink a lot of medicine your first time. Like, even if they try and serve you a lot, I don't know. Like, I would think that I was I was lucky in the, my in my first ceremony to be with. There was two facilitators, and both of them were very experienced. Mm. And I was like excited and ready to go for it. And they're like, let's, let's start you off slow, right. you know? Yeah. And let's, because yeah. some people are very sensitive to it, mm-hmm. um, more sensitive than most. And it's best to just, you just have a little bit, maybe like, I don't, I, I don't want to say how much, but, mm-hmm. uh, cause I don't want to put a right. specific quantity out there, but yeah. a little bit and, uh, see, see how it feels. Yeah. It's, it's my uh, thought that someone who's experienced and is a true facilitator will be able to sense how much you need and how much is good for you. For sure. And, uh, you know, because they're so in tune with the medicine. Right. So intuitive from doing this work for so long. And yeah. They've done so much work on themselves and opened up to higher centers in their, you know, whatever. That I, I feel like if it's really a... A legitimate yeah ayahuasquero or ayahuasquera it's you know they'll they'll, they'll take care of take you take care of you yeah yeah but as a brand new neophyte you may not know how to recognize that right person oh yeah it might and sometimes shit. <laughs> and, and sometimes <laughs> but, they you know they talk the talk yeah and they're they're wearing all the all the shipibo clothing and they've got yeah. the feather fans and the rattles and mm-hmm. they look legit and you know maybe Maybe they have some power, they have some great songs or whatever, but mm. they themselves have a lot to learn. You just yeah. do have, it's it's definitely a world you want to tiptoe into carefully, you know? Yeah. There's no rush, like don't rush yourself to like, you know. Yeah, no- it's, the thing is it's it's not necessary for spiritual development. Mm-hmm. It's a just another tool. And mm-hmm. There's so many tools out there. Mm-hmm. And if you think that, oh, I like need ayahuasca to get to this next level of mm-hmm. my development. That's just not true. I mean, it could be really incredible and healing for you. It could open you up to amazing new experiences and development with that, within yourself. But I firmly believe it's not necessary. I mean, I agree. Look at the Buddha. He didn't, yeah. he didn't need ayahuasca to become enlightened. Right. Um, and then there was something else I wanted to say about that whole shadow side of the facilitating is even if you're in South America yeah. and just just because you're down there doesn't mean everyone down there is a facilitator. Right. There's plenty of um, people down there who are taking advantage of ayahuasca tourism right? and just trying to make money and just yeah. trying to give you an experience and even putting super potent herbs like... Uh, Toe. Toe. Yeah. What's the English word? Datura. Datura. Yeah. Which is not something you want to. And people have, yeah. people have died in the Amazon yeah. from ayahuasca I, I ceremonies. You actually. do? Yeah. yeah. He, I went to school with him in high school. Yeah. yeah. That's terrible. From this area. In, in almost every case where somebody dies in the Amazon, it's from somebody drinking ayahuasca that has datura in it, which is, it's a very powerful plant. It's extremely advanced and it is part of poisonous. It's extremely poisonous. It is part of the ayahuasca culture, but really like 
you know, it's not a plant that's that's very often used even yeah. by advanced shamans. Yeah. Um, and people, yeah, like there, you know, there are people, they're Peruvians, and yeah, they play the part, and mm-hmm. they might make the ayahuasca themselves and throw whatever in there and mm-hmm. make something that's actually deadly. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and it gives ayahuasca a bad name because it's like, oh, someone went down, they drank right. ayahuasca, they died. Yeah. But it wasn't, they it wasn't through the proper way, you know. Exactly. Um, and I know this, you know, we're painting kind of a dangerous picture of it, which it's good to be aware of all this. And I, w- I would also just say that um, the way that I've experienced this medicine works, and I've seen this with other people, is that it it almost chooses you. Mm-hmm. when you're ready for mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and you'll feel the call um and i would really just recommend opening up to that if you know that higher power force whatever that uh you know if it's calling you then you can choose all right it's calling me i'm going to go for it or i'm not and if not that's fine too but if it's calling you life will probably give you a circumstance or a situation Mm-hmm. where it's available and it you know you you can have that experience and uh then it's up to you to feel into is this the right one mm-hmm. you know is this the right does this feel right for me if it doesn't feel right by all means like don't, don't just go. wait just hold out until it is right yeah um because there's no need to rush right there's no need at all it's just and yeah. it is it is an interesting kind of almost mystical thing, how it finds its way to you. And Mm -hmm. other people have talked about this too, and I've experienced it. And I feel like this will be a theme that, because people keep talking about this, how Uh it calls you. Yeah. And I think it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to imagine what that feels like if you haven't experienced that, but Mm -hmm. it just, it has a way, like when you're, when you're being called, the experience of being called by it, it's like you just start hearing about it, like people are talking about it, or it just comes from all these different angles of your life, and then all of a sudden there's an opportunity where you can can go. Mm -hmm. Um, As opposed to, Oh, I want to, I want to go trip on ayahuasca and you just, you you really like seek it out in a very direct way. Yeah. Um, You know, because whatever, I don't know. And there's, yeah, there's a lot of curiosity about it right now. And Mm -hmm. I know that I've had more of a cautionary tone about it, Mm -hmm. even though the podcast is about the benefits of plant medicine and personal growth, but it is super important to to talk about the totality of the situation because a lot of people just, you know, dive headlong into Narnia and (laughs) they're just find themselves like way over their heads yeah so it is it's good to go about it in a balanced way as with all other things exactly yeah i'll probably be integrating some of my ceremonies for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. you know yeah maybe even a few lifetimes after that yeah like who knows you know I, i i've done so many and to me it's like what's the point of doing so many if you can't integrate it so right. that's that's the real work yeah that to me is the reason one should do it in the first place and the reason one should go back is because they feel like they've integrated 
that first one. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Now it's time to like continue that work and go to the next one. Yeah. But sometimes integration can take months or years mm-hmm. and that's fine. I think if I could redo my, how I did it, I would just do it way less one and be easier on my physical body and not get into the, you know, not dig the hole essentially that I dug myself that mm-hmm. I'm currently pulling myself out of. And, um, really just, yeah, just work on the integration piece of, you know, just, okay, that was a lot. Let's take that in for a few months, mm-hmm. see how, see how life goes and then, and then go from there. And it takes time to apply. It takes time to change, you know, to make real lasting change. Mm-hmm. So there's, I have had the feeling after a ceremony, like of, really getting it you know mm-hmm. and having and just yeah. feeling like immediately after in the days or weeks after feeling super clear like wow i really get it right yeah. now i totally see all these things in myself totally. i see where i was mm-hmm. where i am now how i can be the totality of it all but and the and ayahuasca actually remains in your system for a while like there's a feeling there's an energy that, that stays with you for a little mm-hmm. while which will eventually fade mm-hmm. but I found it's it's so important to actually you have to make those changes because you will come back down and if you if you change nothing and you just think oh I'm forever changed now and yeah. it, you know I'm just it's it's healed me and I've switched on to this new way of being well many people find themselves exactly back where they started yeah. and you really have to take the time to get in touch with insights that you've gained the changes that you need to make mm-hmm. and you know go about it for for myself go about it in a structured way i'm yeah. like okay this is this is a thought pattern that i've had that's producing certain negative result uh in me yeah. and you know i have to become more conscious of that on a mm-hmm. daily basis and yeah. i have to really apply effort to tracking that and changing that yeah. and those kind of things can take a lot of time yeah and that's really where it's at. And if you don't do that, then mm-hmm. you basically forget. Yeah. And, and you you end up back at square one. Totally. There's another piece I just want to mention before I go. And that's um, that what you're talking about is integrating all of this and say working on changing some of our patterns. It's really hard if the people that we hang out with are not willing to accept our new our changes or our transformation or if the current paradigm that our community is 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 not in the paradigm of like being open to Mm -hmm. transform transforming and seeing what changes we can make um and that's just something to to be aware of you know is the the people we become who we hang out with essentially yeah and so if we're hanging out with people that aren't you know, on the same path and aren't really focused on doing this work, um, it's going to be a lot harder to maintain that, I'll call it a vibration, like a a certain vibration that you are of like really trying to um, work on yourself. And so I think it's important that the concept of Sangha community is like, you know, it's important to have other friends and like-minded people who you can talk about this stuff with and like totally resonate with and um 
share your experiences of your journey with. Mm-hmm. And I've met a lot of good people in ceremonies, not in the ceremony because it's mm-hmm. a solo experience mostly, yeah. but you know, beforehand, afterhand, afterwards, people who you know really share my dedication to growth, mm-hmm. and it is it's so much easier to hang out with people who understand that mm-hmm. have had that experience and support it, mm-hmm. and. I think whether it's through ayahuasca or any other um, method of personal mm-hmm. growth, if you're if you're growing, sometimes you outgrow people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you, you know. come to realize that certain people in your life are toxic and negative, and yeah. sometimes it's hard to let go of those people. Sometimes you can't let go of those people mm-hmm. if they're family members or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, those are unique challenges, but yeah. Yeah, true. It, it's it's definitely it's definitely good to have good people around that that really can can support you through the everyday part of making that change. Yeah, yeah. People who can hold you in your blissful awakenings and your oh my god, bro, I just hit God consciousness, and also your complete shatterings and you know falling apart and like wow, I I just I just hit rock bottom. Like I I've just hit the depth of my despair and like yeah. seeing that and someone who can hold you in that is important too you know, yeah the second sides. one the people who can do the second one are especially valuable yeah exactly you know? yeah if you have some of those in your life consider yourself very lucky <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure yeah well one of my hopes is that this podcast can be one uh, gathering point for community. Mm-hmm. I'd like to eventually develop some kind of forum board or some some kind of way, some kind of way that people can support each other or find each other or share their own stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, maybe maybe we can build a support structure out of this too. So yeah, sounds like a great resource. Yeah, yeah, awesome, man. Well. Thanks so much for coming by. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, it was Thanks good to it's good to get to know you in a conversation in this right. way. Yeah, and uh, uh, I do plan to come out to Nevada City. Great. you know, maybe some point down the road. So perhaps yeah. we could chat again. Yeah, definitely hit me up. My guest next week is Daniel Schenken of Mount Tam Psychedelic Integration. He has created a group in the North Bay area to support and assist people in integrating their psychedelic experiences. Now, I've wanted to do an episode on integration for a while now, but first off, what do I mean by integration? Well, integration is the process that takes place after a psychedelic experience, and it's the process of reintegrating back into daily life or into the larger part of one's life and finding ways to apply the insights and wisdom gained through the psychic psychedelic experience into one's life so that the the benefits really last and take root Um, this is a process which isn't spoken much about in our culture but i think is very important and i've seen many times people have these really profound experiences but if you don't purposefully focus on integrating and applying them to your life eventually you just kind of go back to the way that you were and you can go from this place of profound realization where you feel like 
I'm fixed and, you know, I'll never, I'll never have to deal with these things ever again. And then some matter of weeks or months later, all of a sudden you're straight back into your own bullshit and you have no idea how. So we talk about the process of integration and this group that he's created with, and dozens of people come every week to speak about their experiences and to listen about to the experiences of others. So we had a great conversation and a lot of very insightful things that came from it. Check me out on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of a Psychonaut. As previously mentioned, I'm also on the YouTube. The link is in the description. And I'm on Twitter at FinchCanFly, although let's not kid ourselves, nobody actually uses Twitter, or at least nobody that I know. Uh, literally, I think nobody that I know uses Twitter. Anyway, um, I want to start playing some medicine songs for you guys after the episodes conclude. And these are songs that are typically sung in ayahuasca ceremonies. And this song, it what. Well, I played the very, very beginning in the introduction, and it's called um, Agua de Estrellas. And this is one of my favorite songs. It's really beautiful, and anytime somebody sings it in ceremony, it just is deeply touching for some reason, but it's, it's a prayer, basically. And you'll hear the lines, Agua de Luz, Agua de Estrellas, which means water of light or water of the light, water of the stars. Pachamama vienes del cielo, which means Pachamama, you come from heaven. And Pachamama is basically Mother Earth from the Incan South American traditions. So it's singing to the Earth Mother, and they say, Corazon means heart. Limpia corazon, sana corazon, calma corazon. Cleanse the heart, heal the heart, calm the heart. And yeah, it's a prayer to the Mother Earth and prayer to the nature spirits, or basically a prayer to the divine, more or less, uh, to bring healing. So it's a healing song. So I hope you enjoy that. I think I'm going to play a new Ikaro or a new medicine song after every episode, just to share with you guys uh, the beauty of this music that's in ceremony. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful parts of ceremony, so why not? So again, this is Agua de Estrellas, and this is sung by Diego Palma. <laughs> Se bañan las estrellas. 
estrellas, Pachamama, vienes del cielo, agua de luz, agua de estrellas, Pachamama, vienes del cielo. Mamá, vienes del cielo. 